0: Hello, not about us viewers and listeners, uh, because uh, we're recording this with the camera, but got to remember that uh, if you go to our website, that's still audio only, right? We don't have, or is that, uh, do we have images on our website yet?
1: We have links to the videos. We have um, links to the videos. That will actually play on the website. Right. So you can go to the website and not have to leave it.
0: I was just on our website. The other day and just doing the audio that, that's still you just hit the play button listen yep. to the audio right so that's what i wanted to just make sure you hadn't changed that and i didn't um because i'm not too technically savvy a lot of times but uh so viewers and listeners depending on how you're checking this out uh thank you real briefly we're going to have a conversation piece that we record later we'll go into more of this but we want to apologize for being off for so long uh, like we've said before, life has been happening and we'll go over uh, <laughs> a little more about what has been going on in our conversation piece if if you're interested. Uh, but I do apologize for the delay. Uh, I know that uh, as we're recording this, this is Friday uh, September 17th and just in the last few days, uh, Brad has been able to get a whole bunch of stuff out onto the website and, and onto uh, Rumble and, and several locations.
1: Uh, YouTube, our website, and Rumble. And uh, then see us coming soon to BitChu and more oh. more stuff on Odyssey as I can. All right.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's the kicker there, as we can. So really sorry. We're, we're trying our best, but... You know, just like you guys, we have jobs, we have life happening, we have a whole bunch of stuff going on, we're we're doing our best, but uh, it's good to be back. We have not actually recorded one of these for about two months, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did your your message. Yeah, but... uh, Yeah. But an actual study, it's been, I think, actually a little more than two months. More than two months. Mm
0: -hmm. So, hey, we're back. We're going to try our best to keep on track, but, you know, as always... Life happens, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. But anyway, um, before we move on, Brad, let's thank the very reason why we have life that's happening.
1: Absolutely.
0: So let's, let's uh, thank Yahweh and invite him into all this.
1: Absolutely. But first, I'd like to say,
0: this is Brad. Oh, <laughs> you see how long it's been? <laughs> uh, I've gotten, And this is Scott.
1: You go ahead. And this is not about us. Clearly. (laughs) All right, so we're back. Um, Sorry, I just, I feel it's important that we, uh, it's our whole stick too, but I, I feel it's important before we get to the prayer, we really get into the right frame of mind. This is not about you. This is not about me. Yes. It's, a, it's about Yahweh.
0: Yeah. So, and we've talked about this too. We could put a little more polish on this. We could prepare a little more and everything. But, uh, and I think I've talked about this in other podcasts too. One of the reasons we don't is, uh, well, for time's sake, that just simply takes longer uh, to get all that done. And we had a two-month block as it is. We don't want to extend that even further but uh, that takes much more effort. But another thing is we just we, we like the fact that we feel we're being honest and upfront and fallible and screwed up. and this is truly not about us. And when you see us not being perfect, we're actually very happy with that. so so that's another reason we we like this candid. Uh, we don't want the spit and polish and everything looks absolutely perfect. Uh, so because we want you to actively go, <laughs> it's definitely not about those guys. Uh, we, we encourage that.
1: And we encourage also that we're not perfect. We don't have all the truth and mm-hmm. we're wanting to leave a door open, uh, for you guys to uh, participate if you want to, to, to help us <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes we really need it. <laughs> but, right. uh, uh but yeah, let's let's do this. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Yahweh, Yeshua, Spirit. Yes. Thank God it's podcast day. Hallelujah. I Hallelujah. I haven't been able to say that in a while. We're gonna sit down. We're gonna get back into the groove of this. We're gonna we're gonna get into Genesis. We're gonna see what's going on with our origins, with the things that you want us to know please help be our guide through all that because, as we've mentioned multiple times now, we can't do it, not without you, not without our perfect guide, not without you showing us the things that we need, that we must understand. Um, Lord, I just want to say thank you. You have been my constant companion over these last few months uh, through difficult pregnancies and the birth of my boys and all of this stuff. Thank you. And I was still with you but not wholeheartedly help me get back onto that god help me be wholeheartedly yours all the time again thank you thank you for everything thank you for podcast day thank Thank you you for you and your son amen
0: amen hallelujah thank you brad for that and thank you yahweh for just having this space and and making this yours and i've said it before um I'm so thankful that you're listening, but if I was fully aware that we had zero listeners, nobody ever paid attention to this, this still has a benefit for me because it just allows me uh, to meditate on the Word. It gives, it gives me this ability to, to go back and reflect and listen again and just say, you know, just connect with Yahweh in that way. And, and we've said it before, going to say it again. I hope more than anything that this is an encouragement to all of you, that you can do this too. You don't have to have a degree in anything. You don't have to be a licensed pastor to seek and chase God on your own. Please, please, please go after him yourself. Don't listen to us. Listen to him. I hope uh, we've said it before. Uh, I hope that if we speak anything of value to you, it's because the Holy Spirit, we are letting the Holy Spirit speak through us to you. Um, you've got to come to the place where you're hearing from the Holy Spirit directly. We hope we're a benefit to you, but we are not the Holy Spirit in and of ourselves. So... Um, and I would
1: just add to that, uh, make that decision quickly. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, we personally, I believe that time is kind of running out for the world, but even if that's, even if we still have decades and decades, you don't know when you're going to die. Mm-hmm. It could happen Yeah. in the next few moments. It could happen by the end of the day. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen whenever. So there is a sense of urgency with this to get to know, get to know God and, and to get to know your Savior and have a personal relationship. Uh, Not religion, a personal relationship with your Savior.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we are on Genesis 6, 17. But I felt it was important to review Genesis 6 before we go on. Uh, Partially for me because it's been such a long break, but also because, again, I've said this before, Scripture cannot be taken out of context. We have to remember, it, Everything we're, we're breaking down individual verses and tearing them apart to go deeper, but we have to remember it's connected with everything. It was never intended to be taken separately and the rest of Scripture ignored. Uh, it has to be seen in conjunction with everything else. It's all part of a greater whole. Uh, and so I just felt it was important at this time to go back over that before we move on here. And also to cover a few things as we move on, uh, Genesis 6, 1 through 16. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of Elohim saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives whomsoever they chose. And Yahweh said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for that he also is flesh. Therefore shall his days be 120 years. I'm going to stop right there because there's something I want to cover about that before moving on. We briefly touched on this before, how there was a little bit of a debate between is that God saying I'm going to shorten man's life to 120 years, or is that... God saying, um, I'm going to give mankind 120 years from this moment before I bring the flood and destroy them. Uh, I am on the side of it shortens man's life. Uh, But one of the arguments that we didn't really, I didn't really get into um, the last time we covered this, was some, there are those who have mentioned that this cannot mean Uh, that God shortened our life to 120 years because uh, now I have mentioned this, but Noah and his family, after they got off the ark, lived for about 500 years. And people lived generally longer than 120 years for a little while after this. And lifespan gradually went down to around 120. Uh, It didn't immediately happened, like that. And so their argument is, if this is God, and he spoke it, it should have just happened, right then and there. Now, Noah, the Bible says, when God spoke to him, uh, well, well, earlier, when it goes through the lineage from Adam to Noah, it just says, and Noah was 500 years old. So, that's all it says. And we know Noah was 600 years old, when he got on the ark, so right then, right there, there's only a, a gap of a hundred years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the people who argue this point will say, "Well, God spoke to him before that moment." But I feel they're just trying to make it work. Now, I understand why they do this, and I agree with the sentiment. Uh, the people who say this say, if it's from God, it has to be absolutely perfect, not wishy-washy, not ah, close enough. And I fully understand that, that viewpoint. Uh, because when God says, this is what I set up, it's perfect. However, that being said, there are also general statements that God makes that don't always work exactly the way he said them because they they're intended to paint a spiritual picture, and the general reality itself is, is correct. And I want to make a point about this. You say, "What? wait a second, what are you talking about? Hebrews 9.27 And thus it is appointed for the sons of man to die one time, and afterwards, thus is the judgment. So would you say... From a physical standpoint, Brad, that that is correct. That mankind died. All of humanity, we die, and then we are judged. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yes. From a physical standpoint, uh, that is absolutely true. Paul, the apostle, died twice. Mm-hmm. How many people do we know of who have mm-hmm. died and come back to life in, in modern times. They, I've seen pictures of people holding their own death certificate. And they come back to life and they, they exist on the earth for a while. Then they die again. Um, Enoch and Elijah never died. Right. So does that mean that God was wrong here? No. He was making a... The purpose of this statement... Is that he was saying, "Look, guys, uh, reincarnation doesn't exist. You don't get many times at this. You don't get many shots." Uh, he was he was saying, "We all have one life to live, and then there is judgment. We don't live our life and then reverse time, start it over, and get another shot, knowing what we know now. There is no." future life to come and then another life after that until we get it right. There's no reincarnation. He was saying, we got one shot at this and then we're going to be judged by God and that's it. That is a correct statement. The physical manifestation of that uh, is we have this life, we end this life at some point and then we go on to judgment. Would you agree with that? I do. But the literal physical statement um it is appointed for the sons of man to die one time that you can you can argue has been broken many times in scripture but the general statement is absolutely correct god set us up for one lifespan and then we're going to go on to judgment right. everyone even people who have died twice even people who have gone on seen heaven, or some some of them, they go to hell, and then they're brought back, and then they live on, they're still, your life is going to end. That's just a part of what's happening, but your life ends completely at one point, and then judgment is received. The statement is correct. Even if we can look at, well, not for everyone on the planet, some people have died more than once.
1: Well, and heaven might see death differently than we do, too. In heaven's exactly. perspective... The soul leaves the body. That's mm-hmm. the death. You know, maybe the first time you died, your soul hadn't fully been taken to heaven yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't know how heaven sees the this the other side in the spiritual realm. Right. So, I mean, there's so many so many questions to that, but there are so many things that uh, we just won't know until yeah we experience it ourselves. Right. And Enoch was just taken. Just taken. Just taken. So he never actually died. Right.
0: Or did he? You know, just because he was taken, you know, essentially, if this body just ends, the spirit never dies. Mm -hmm. The spirit just, you know, it just moves on. Um, The fact that God just came and said, ah, just come on up here. You know, can you make the case that, well, he did die? Essentially, God just said, no, let's just do it now. I mean, we don't absolutely know My point is, in this verse right here, therefore shall his days be 120 years. Well, wait a second. If that refers to a lifespan, have some people died at 60? Have some people died at 80? Have some people died at 100? Have some people died at, you know, a year old? You know, he didn't... The fact that we can't say... Every single person on the face of the earth has not died at 120 years exactly doesn't mean that this doesn't refer to a lifespan. Right. It's a general statement by God that he's reducing it, uh, but it doesn't have to mean it's exactly 120 years or it doesn't apply. Or, or, or we can say this isn't from God. Now, all of that being said, I could still be wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make that statement over and over and over again. This is simply how I see it. If you say, I still think you're wrong, and I don't think this refers to a lifespan, that's okay. That's totally okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm happy to discuss that with you. Uh, uh, happy for you to present your case. I just wanted to cover that right here uh, before moving on at this point i still do see it and i'm treating it as a lifespan as a general lifespan he's reducing our life
1: well and my personal belief is that the reason some things are not totally clear is because our own our own studies we don't we've not the holy spirit isn't fully with us in this moment or whatever but i also think that it also has something to do with the fact that i think god wants us to talk to each other about these things, I, I agree. we're meant to uh, we're meant to teach these things to our children. We're meant to talk about it over supper. We're meant to do these kind of mm-hmm. things. And so you know you might have this perspective, but you're missing that piece, and someone else has it. Mm-hmm. and God, in his perfect way, can bring a, bring those two people together and can yeah. and can figure it out uh, if we're open to do that doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard thing is a lot of us will shut down and say, no, no, I my my way is right. My way is right, and we won't we won't be open to the fact that maybe it's not. Yeah. Or.
0: Or that there's more to it. Exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: so, but no, that's just that's just what I believe. I believe that sometimes it's not clear. Uh, I mean, just you and I, I can I can prove this uh, over and over again. There have been many times where I didn't quite. I was on the the cusp of figuring it out, and but it wasn't quite there and then you said something, and it may not have even been about Bible talk. It might have just been something in general, and it was like, that's it. You know, yeah. I, I've had that happen so many times now. <laughs> so, anyway, sorry. I no, it. that's I, awesome. I, I won't derail us again. No, no, that's what <laughs> this is all about.
0: Uh, but I will move on here. Uh, the Nephilim, uh, Hebrew Khan Nephilim, were on the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of Elohim came in unto the daughters of men, And they bore children to them. The same were the mighty men that were of old, men of renown. And Yahweh saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented Yahweh that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And Yahweh said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing, and fowl of the air, for it repents me that I have made them these are the generations of Noah. noach was in his generations a man righteous and wholehearted noach walked with elohim and Noah begot three sons Shem, Kam, and Yephet. and the earth was corrupt before elohim and the earth was filled with violence and elohim saw the earth and behold it was corrupt for all flesh Had corrupted their way upon the earth, and Elohim said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them, with the earth. Make you an ark of gopher wood. With rooms shall you make the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits, a light shall you make to the ark, and to a cubit shall you finish it upward, and the door of the ark shall you set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shall you make it. Genesis six seventeen And I, behold I do bring the flood of waters upon the earth, to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life, from under the heaven, from under heaven, Everything that is in the earth shall perish. Now we've been going over Genesis six for a while, and we've talked about how everything we've just read up to this point, there are elements of mercy and love and compassion that are so easy to miss at a surface level. Mm -hmm. We tend to see, at least from an English-speaking perspective, I don't know how other translations, uh, Spanish, Japanese, what have you, I don't know how they treat this, but from the English versions of the Bible, we tend to see God as a, I will destroy you, I'm so sick of you, I'm going to wipe you out for what you've done. And in the last several podcasts, we've seen it's it's mercy, it's love, it's reaching out and protecting, and, and elements that are there, but very difficult to see on a surface level very often, correct?
1: Correct. And I think part of it is because uh, somewhere along the way, um, the church kind of changed its ideas that the old testament wasn't as important as the new testament and when that happened people really looked into jesus and they could they could figure jesus out they wanted that uh, this is a, a human god this is a little more understandable but then that old testament god with his fire and brimstone yeah. and, and and wipe out all of this species um sorry this is a little off track but no of, no but not really recently um i i watched a video um and it was showing the Pope um, comforting a child that uh, had asked if his father was in heaven, but his father was not a believer. And the Pope um, basically told this child, "Well, God is good and wonderful, and He wouldn't let your father uh, He wouldn't let your father not be in heaven. First of all, you're the freaking Pope, and you're and you you're." you're you're so wrong with that. Um, but you look at the comments, and I love the Pope. Look at him comforting this child. Look at how look at how sweet he is to mm-hmm. take care of this child. So the world looks at that as a mercy. It looks at that as a as a wonderful thing because he told this child, but he lied to that child. Mm-hmm. And those that know, those that have the Holy Spirit, those who actually are trying to understand. Uh, who God is, what he, what the truth of it is, what the gospel is, knows that he's done more harm than good in this situation. Mm-hmm. He's lied to that child. That you know, none of us can say for sure because uh, we don't know that we don't know if that father got saved or not. The evidence we have would suggest no, because he said he was not a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we know, the only true way is to confess. Mm-hmm.
0: Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." The only way to get to the Father is through me.
1: Exactly, and you have to confess that. And if he never did, then then the Pope has lied mm. to this child. Yeah. But to the world, it looked like a mercy. Yeah. And the opposite is true here. What looks harsh from from God is actually yes. If you have the Spirit and the right gospel thinking, you can clearly see that it actually is not harsh. It is mercy and it is love. And, and it, was the, it was the greatest rescue plan mm-hmm. he, that was developed yeah. and designed before there was even a need to be rescued. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the amazing, awesome thing about it.
0: But because it's true love, he gives us the option to go along with it, which means we have the option to reject. Exactly. And if you reject it, uh, then the world wants to say that God is going... Ah, uh, that's okay. Either way, you're you're fine. Go ahead, come on in. You know, uh, you who rejected me, Hitler, whoever, just come on in. I just, you know, I I you know, I'm not gonna let anyone die, right? Mm-hmm. So we can get away with all the sin we want to in our lives and still feel good that ah, you know, eternity's fine. But if God said, no, here's the way. I am the way, the truth, and life this is it, I'm reaching out my hand, but you have to take it. And then if you say, no, I'm not taking your hand, then you suffer the consequences. And yep. and if and, and if we are lied to, and we've said, oh, it's okay, you don't have to take his hand, it's all right, then we're condemning people to hell by what we think is mercy. But it's not. We're not seeing it through the eyes of God. God recognizes... That's actually dangerous. Boy, we are getting off topic here. <laughs> so but here's... No, this is wonderful. I like this. Um, and I'm going to keep this short. But um, here, here's, here's an example. that This has been running through my head for a while now anyway. Uh, there's a theater. Imagine a theater and everyone, everyone's sitting in the theater watching a stage play or, or a, a presentation of some kind. And suddenly two people from the back run out onto the stage and say, everyone, please, there's a fire that is is coming. You've got to evacuate right now. Uh, This, you know, the fire is moving this way. You've gotta leave or you're gonna be burned to death. Imagine the people in the audience stopping and going, how dare you? And the reason that this example keeps coming up is because of all the lies going on in the world and, and all of that. And I was trying to put in a perspective Uh, how it looks like to me the audience members go how dare you how dare you say something so filthy and evil and horrible that we're about to be burned to death that is a disgusting vile wicked thing and you you recant of that right now you recant of that statement right now or we're going to punish you we're going to mock you we're going to torture you we're going to imprison you we're possibly going to even going to kill you if you maintain that statement that there is a fire coming because we have determined our reality is determined by ever whatever we want it to be and we don't like fire we don't want to be burned by fire so we've decided there's no fire coming so you recant right now one of the two people who came out and said and yelled fire says you're right I I see the logic of your argument. You're so right. Please forgive me for being a mean person and telling you there was a fire coming. Your reality says there's no fire, then there's no fire. Please forgive me. The second person says, what is wrong with you people? (laughs) What is wrong with you people? There is a fire coming and it's going to be here in a few seconds. Get out. I don't care what you do to me. Because I love you, I'm going to tell you There's a fire coming. I don't want to see you burn to death, so I'm going to continue to proclaim the fire in in the hopes that as many people save their lives and get out of this place as possible before the fire gets here. Which one of those two people is truly loving the audience? And, you know, okay, the the real answer to this is it depends on whether there really is a fire coming. (laughs) Uh, because, um, that's it. If the reality is there's a fire coming, then the second person is really the one loving the audience. Right. So that's it. If the reality is that Jesus is who he said he was, then love says, I don't care what you do to me. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And I'm going to continue to tell you about all of these unpopular things because I love you and I do not want the fire to overtake you. The reality is the fire is going to destroy you unless you take the safety outlet, unless you leave the building in this example, unless you accept Jesus. The fire is going to overtake you and burn you to death. It's your decision on whether you will act on that or not. Um, okay, okay, we've gotten way off topic. Uh, let's move on. Genesis six seventeen, but I I brought all that up to say. We've got to remember. We've talked about the mercy and the love of God and reaching out and saving. I need to save you from the evil, horrible things that are trying to destroy you and trying to wipe you out. And now we get here, Genesis six seventeen, And I, this is God talking, Behold, I do bring the flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is in the earth shall perish. Again, that sounds pretty horrible. So that's why I wanted to read the earlier verses again and go back. I hope you listen to the earlier podcasts and see the mercy and the love that is building to this and understand we're going to get into the same thing here. We're about to get into this. Now, um, I also listened to FAI, uh, Frontier Alliance International. I've spoken of them before. Um, They brought up something the other day in one of their podcasts that I wanted to bring up here. And they were talking about, and I believe they were quoting Tolzier. Is is A.J. Tolzier? Is that right? Am I getting his initials wrong? A W you okay, Tolzer, I, I might be getting the rest of his name wrong. <laughs> sorry, I'm very sorry. Uh, they were quoting him, but they brought up the fact that in discussing God, never make the mistake of setting aside one aspect of who He is when He is actively working in another. And they and they brought up even their podcast. They brought up Noah's Ark as an example. God is love God is never at any point not love even when we read in the in the Bible how it seems like he's working in wrath and vengeance and things like that it's still love and the opposite is true too when he's working in what we look at as saying oh that's obviously love those aspects of his personality judgment and 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 all of that, still apply and are still at work. We tend to, as human beings who are limited in this physical sense, we, we work in a linear fashion. Uh, we cannot be working in both at the same time. We can jump from one to the other and be all over the board, but if you're working in anger and wrath and you're just enraged and furious, you're not happy. <laughs> you're, you're not in a loving Compassionate mindset at right. that moment. Now you you might go, oh God, forgive me. I need to be compassionate. Okay, okay. Let me try to set that aside. You might you might say, I recognize I have to go over there, and, and I I have to set this anger aside. Whatever, but we can have a fantastic day ruined like that. Yes, and and vice versa. Yeah. We can have the most horrific. Th- you know, we think our life is going uh, to pot, and we think everything's worthless. And one thing can just cha- turn us around and make us cry tears of joy, and we can, we can change like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But we find it difficult to recognize that God is all of those things at the same time, uh, because how can He be? We we can't understand it, so so He can't be. And this, we fail to give God the credit that He's due of being everything.
1: This is similar to the idea. Um, they'll be posted soon. Revelation uh, study episode twelve, part one and part two. Um, they're going to be uploaded soon. And there, uh, I found in one, of, in one of my one of my study notes, I found that uh, uh, when when John sees the divine Jesus, it's Similar but different to the Jesus that he knew. Mm-hmm. And I make, the, I, I make the connection, whether it's right or wrong, uh, I make the connection that he knew the suffering, humble servant, but now he's seeing the mighty judge uh, who's going to destroy his enemies. And, you know, he's, he's the mm-hmm. king, he's the one that's powerful. And we have in that video, we have a good conversation about how the same thing. Even when Jesus is coming to you as lover and friend, he mm-hmm. is still equal rank with himself as the powerful, divine, mighty warrior that's going to come and save mm-hmm. us. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's kind of that, that same idea. We, he's the only one that's worthy because he is the only one that can be both yes. at the same time. Mm-hmm. He can be the lamb and the lion. He's the only one.
0: Yeah. So we have to recognize when we're reading these, and I'm going to destroy, love is still very much at play. Right. Even though it's difficult for us to see that sometimes in our humanity.
1: Um, real quick, I just want to wanna clarify. It is A.W. Tozer. Uh, Thank you. And it's Aiden Wilson. I was curious what his actual initials were. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I never
0: knew that. A.W. Tozer. Thank you. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing his last name properly. So. Tozer or tozier? To, I, you know.
1: I guess I've always been saying tozer. Tozer.
0: So. Okay, there we go. I
1: hope, I hope we got it right.
0: <laughs> now I do want to emphasize here, I is repeated, which means Yahweh is emphasizing. He's the one causing this. So for those who go the other route and say God is love and God would never harm us and God never does anything Anything to our detriment, God is very specifically, he wants to make it clear. And we've talked about it before. When something is repeated, God is saying, you better take notice. I, behold, I do bring the flood. He is taking direct credit for this. Uh, And and again, we're going to go back. This is a good thing. This is part of the plan of salvation. This is wonderful. And we've already seen it in previous verses but I hope it's going to really hit home with this as we go on now flood um, oh I, I should have said at the beginning this one's going to be very long I'm looking at our time we're already looking at about 38 minutes that might change when it gets edited but um, this one is going to go long because we've gone for like two months to get here this one's been working up for a while so um, I hope I hope you like it and we've said before hey you know if you don't have the time Hit pause. Stop. Go do something else. Come back later if you want. Totally cool. I love that about podcasts. It, you know, you just come back whenever you feel like it. Um, flood is Strong's Concordance number 3999. And it is the word mabool. And it refers to a deluge, a flood. So translation seems to work here, right? At pretty simple, pretty clear a deluge, a flood, but there's something really cool about this word. Now, first of all, it does come from Strong's Concordance 2986, Yabal, which means to flow in the sense of flowing. So this is, you know, a, a flood flows in. It, it, you know, we can see the entomology of that word, how it came from to flow, so we get a flood. But, this word, Mabul, is only used in the Old Testament in reference to this specific moment. Oh, interesting. That was interesting. Uh-huh. I found it is used throughout Genesis. Throughout all of Genesis, this word mabul is used. Anytime the word flood is used from now on through the Old Testament, it is always something else. Except for one spot, and that is Psalms 29.10. Yahweh sat enthroned at the Mabul, the flood. Yes, Yahweh sits as king forever. So King David, uh, in this psalm, is giving Yahweh credit for being the ruler at that moment of Noah's Ark. He's still going back. He's referencing that specific flood, and he's saying he was on, he was on the throne then, he's on the throne now. And... I found that fascinating because it it means this particular moment. There is a very unique distinction between this and any other flood that has happened throughout history. Yeah,
1: exactly. He, it was. This gives credit to the fact that this was one of the most important events that mm-hmm. happened in history. Uh, that that they have a special word just for yeah. this, and it's. Uh, doing my little bit of history research here and there, the flood is documented in so many, many, many cultures mm-hmm. that it's almost it's you'd almost have to you'd almost have to be an idiot to to not believe the flood didn't happen. Actually, the Bible says fools will, <laughs> but but you would you would almost have to be an idiot to not think that there was not a global flood at some point, considering that it's in pretty much every culture, and these cultures were separated however i don't think they were at the beginning but um so i mean and and the fact that up until up until we decided to start denying the flood they not only believed it they they said no it was the flood Mm -hmm. we're not ever going to use any other word to talk about a normal flood yeah because this was the flood
0: yep this is the mabul uh it's the it's it's a deluge a flood it is never again used to refer to any other type of flood that's cool yeah that's amazing now i did have the thought uh i wanted to look up uh uh waters as well because you know flood to me automatically speaks of waters now the more i thought about this Uh, the more I went, okay, yeah, you can have like a flood of locusts come in, or the enemy came in like a flood, or, you know, you can have uh, another analogy. But my initial thought was, why did he say a flood of waters? Doesn't a flood automatically mean water? The more I thought about it, the more I went, no, it's it's probably important. But it still stood out to me that he specified waters. Uh, before I move on, I should sp- I should talk about flood, the word picture. Uh, now, it's mabul, so it's mem bet vav lamed. And this was pretty cool. Uh, a possible interpretation I came up with was massive water comes. But those who follow the teaching of the nail are safe in his house. Cool. That is a word picture cool. I got out of this. Mabul, which specifically refers to this event. That's cool. Yeah. That that was amazing to me. But now let's move on to waters. So he said, "I, Behold, I do bring the flood of waters. So he's bringing a deluge of waters. Now this is Strong's Concordance 4325. We've talked about it before. It's the same word used in Genesis 1-2 uh, from its first usage and it's been used several times up until this point and is the word mayim. And in, uh, so we've talked about it before. Uh, it's the dual of a primitive noun but used in a singular sense. So uh it's waters. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's like a, it's a dual word, but used as if it's one. And we've talked about it before in, um, uh, in Genesis 1-2. Uh, I was speaking to it as deep cries out to deep. It's mm-hmm. like dual waters. It's like the waters of heaven and the waters of earth. We, we unified. We should be one. But there's, you know, there's a distinction. There's a duality to it. Uh, but there's a joining, that, you know, it's that type of thing. We spoke of that at the time. Uh, and then it's interesting too, mayim, mem, yod, mem. I find it interesting that mem, the letter that means water, is is used twice in this word. And we spoke about that last time. The very word means uh, a duality treated as a singular. And we have water, water in one word. I just that that's a fascinating picture in and of itself. Yeah. Now, at the time, I gave a possible interpretation for this as water reaches for water. And I still hold to that. It it was still, uh, it still applies. But given the story that we're in now, uh, I came up with another possible interpretation as the massive work of water. And that struck me, too. Yeah. So he's sending a deluge of water. Now, why specifically water? I'm sending water. Uh, Water refers to the water of the word. Uh, I I think Jesus spoke of himself as the water of life. Um, So we're going to go on. I'm skipping ahead a little here. Uh, not so much because we've already talked about it in previous podcasts. But I really think what we're seeing is uh, the the salvation of man, and what we're seeing is a prophetic to the crucifixion.
1: In a in a weird way, it's almost like it's like when Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. There's so many things that were that that he was doing when he did that. So many so many spiritual truths but one of them was simply you need jesus to clean you of your sin yeah we needed this water this heaven water to cleanse the whole earth to clean the whole earth mm-hmm. i mean you have you have kind of that picture too and what's um i mean this might be going way ahead because we're not anywhere near there in revelation <laughs> but, but i i firmly believe that the wa- uh, the the waters cleanse the earth but god will also use fire to cleanse the earth the mm-hmm. next time around uh, and yeah, so, we are
0: skipping ahead. He says that I will never again flood the earth mm-hmm. with water. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to that point in this too. But you're right. He never said, well, I'm not going to use anything else. Right. He and never said, I'm not going to send a flood again. He just said, I'm not going to do it with water.
1: And and he could, I, I think he can use any of the elements that he wants to, to mm-hmm. use as a way of cleansing us. Mm-hmm. I think he could use dirt to cleanse us if he really wanted to.
0: And there's <laughs> and there's going to be a reason why he does but we're going to get into why not water anymore here. But, okay. uh, but yeah, he specifically points out water. And I think that's the reason. I think if you see Jesus as water, we're getting into, I'm flooding the earth with Jesus. Essentially is what he's saying. Yeah. I'm sending Jesus to the earth. And Jesus is going to save the earth. I think this is prophetic of Jesus coming and saving us. Not just in the ark, but the very fact that the water is coming. The water in and of itself is going to destroy all that is evil. Uh, but protect, I think it's also, just like baptism, being immersed into water is a picture of death uh, being completely submerged, going under. It's a picture of death and coming out of the water a new man. All the, the sin, all the evil is left behind. You come out uh, uh, and the symbology is the blood. You know, you're, you're being dipped in the blood of Christ. The symbology is you're going into Jesus and coming out completely new. Uh, and again, we've said it before. I'll say it again. Every, every, every single physical picture in the Old Testament is intended to relate a spiritual truth, is intended to be an example, a rehearsal, a picture of spiritual truth. And we are to see that in the Noah's Ark story, the same as baptism, the same as the crossing of the Red Sea, the same as so many other things. It's awesome. Now, I want to get to one statement here that has importance to me. And I, behold, I do bring the flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. That is important. That jumped out at me. I'm going to destroy everything from under heaven. Now that that is legal terminology. He is pointing out. That just like you talked about before, Jesus in Revelation, John knew him as gentle lamb, and then he sees him in Revelation. Now he sees him as the lion. Now he sees him as judgment. Jesus himself, when he was on the earth, said, you know, uh, I've come not to judge. That will be in Revelation. Mm -hmm. He came to save the first time. He will come in Revelation to judge the second time. He's always both the Savior and the judge. Both times he came... He is the judge. He is the savior of mankind. Um, they, they're not separated from each other. But there is a time in our history, in our lives, so to speak, that he is going to do both. That he, that, you know, uh, even in, the, in an individual's life. Uh, think of you. you know, you're born, you die, you go to judgment. Uh, we both came to a saving belief in Jesus Christ at some point in our lives. And right now, we have received Jesus as Savior. And although we ask him to judge us, and we ask him to clean us, and we ask him to correct us throughout our lives, there is coming a point when this body will stop, our hearts will stop beating, we will move on, and we will then receive final judgment. It is being withheld from us at this point in time as a mercy to let us continue to grow, continue to grow in him before he says, all right, we're done. That's it. Now let's review your life and see what happened. You've had all the chances you've got now at the end. That's why revelation, the end of all things, he's going to go, okay, that's it. You've had your time. Now we're going to review everything and see what stands up. At this point, I think Jesus is I think, I think Yahweh God is making the statement, this is not that time. This is not the time when all the demons will be judged. This is not the time when all of heaven and earth will be judged. He is making a judgment play just like us in our lives continually judging us to improve us, to help us along, but it is not that final judgment. From Under heaven, referring to beneath that of a spiritual nature. This is not the time when he's destroying sin and he's wiping out the fallen angels, all of them, from Satan onward. Uh, He's not bringing them to final judgment. He's uh, He's only going to destroy that which is under heaven. That's just to me. That's the statement that he's making, that he's pointing out. This is not that time of revelation, final judgment. Does that make
1: sense? That makes a lot of sense, actually.
0: Okay. So again, this is, a, this is a salvation judgment. This is, I'm cleansing, I'm purifying, I'm moving you on, I'm saving, I'm improving. Um, now, something else, just real briefly... Um, in Hebrew, there are two different words that we translate in English as judge, and sometimes it causes confusion. One means to condemn, you know, it has, has, that, has that connotation of I judge you and you're going to be punished. The other is just what we would think of as, as uh, analyzing and coming to a conclusion. Uh, so sometimes they get confused. This is why a lot of people say, you know, don't judge lest ye be judged. But at the same time, God says, "My people perish for lack of judges." So wait a second, which is it? We're not supposed to judge, but we are supposed to judge, because there's, there's some confusion uh, we see in English. It's the same word. Uh, in Hebrew, there are two different words at play here. And I'm not going to get into all that. This is just, but it's one of the reasons why I, I dig deeper is because we're, sometimes there's confusion because we're not understanding the root of what's going on. Um, go ahead.
1: Just, I'm just thinking that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with what you're saying. So, um, from under the heaven, uh, you have, it, it can't be time yet because Jesus still needs to come mm-hmm. to be, so he can be worthy. Yeah. If we did it, if God did it at this point, and of course God's perfect and he knows this, If he did it at this point, Jesus has not done the task that will make him worthy mm-hmm. to unlock the scrolls that will then mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I, I, yeah no, i know that's clicking That's make a lot of sense with even my revelation stuff
0: yeah because even from from adam and eve the prophecy said i'm gonna send a man uh he's gonna crush the head of the serpent they all knew all, all of mankind knows that's coming i think god is saying this is not it this is not it don't don't think this is it now, I also looked up the word die. Now, I, I didn't say the word die earlier, so what am I talking about? Genesis 6.17, it ends with, everything that is in the earth shall perish. Again, I've said it before, I'm using the Hebraic roots version, uh, the King James version, and BibleHub.com, which I refer to, they both use the word die instead of perish. So that's what I'm talking about. Now, I want to point out that word die for a couple of reasons. First of all, let's look at the word die used throughout the Old Testament. Now, it is Strong's Concordance 4191. It is used almost exclusively throughout the entire Old Testament with, with several uh, exceptions. But, but, you know, 90, I want to say like 98% of the time that, that you see the word die in the Old Testament, it is this word, uh, "mooth." Uh, Strong's Concordance forty-one ninety-one. I, I I think I said it, but just in case I didn't, forty-one ninety-one. "Mooth" and it means to die, literally or figuratively, to be worthy of death, to be dead. So, so this is a word that means uh, it's something that happens to you. It is passive. It is not, I'm going to go out and die. It's just something that occurs to you. This was used in Genesis 2, 16 through 17. Yahweh Elohim commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. In other words, death will happen to you. Um... He he uses it throughout Genesis in that way. Talking, the serpent said to the woman, "You shall not surely die." Uh, he uses it in the gene- in, in the entire genealogy in Genesis five. Uh, he talks about every person. Adam was born. He lived a certain time. He had Shaith, and then he died. And it's using this word muth throughout the Old Testament. It generally uses this word. Now there are there are a couple other words. When the word die is used in King James Version, uh, there's there's a couple other words used in here. But at this point in time, mooth is not used. There's a different word. So this word used right here is Strong's Concordance 1478. And it is the word "gava." And again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. To all fluent Hebrew speakers, I apologize if I'm slaughtering your language. I'm really sorry. Uh, Hope I'm getting it right. Gava. And it does not mean to die. So why is it being used here in the context of perish or die? Now, first of all, let me say, uh, anytime. Die is used, and now, now this includes die, died, uh, even the Old English, diest or dieth. If you see that in King James, it's almost always muth, like we said before. But gava that is used here, is used exactly ten times in the Old Testament. I'm not exactly sure what that refers to, but ten is a significant number. Mm-hmm. Uh, is one of God's perfect numbers. Interestingly, the very last time in the Old Testament that the word die is used, it's this word, gava. Now, I'll tell you what it means here in a second, so you can come to your own conclusions. Gava means to breathe out. By implication, it can mean to expire. In other words, it just means, Brad... Take a deep breath. Now, gava. Did you die? Nope. No. We just breathe out. <sighs> gava. But by implication, it's that thought of you just breathed your last. You breathe out, the air is gone, you're dead. So you think of it that way. But think of it this way. What did we say before? Mooth to die, it's passive. It just happens to you, right? But to breathe out, is active you do it it's a thing where you're acting upon i breathe out i don't die i don't say okay i want to die now you know i'm gone it just happens to me but i breathe out i that's an action i'm taking i'm taking i breathe in i breathe out this is something i am doing
1: it's an action that you have to take yeah
0: too. but so that's the word being used here. Now another I didn't read the entire definition. So let me read this to you. Something else it can mean in context of breathing out. To give up the ghost. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay. What what do you think of? <laughs> I think the spirit
0: To I, give up the ghost. So what's the first thing that comes to your mind? He
1: he breathed into us the breath of life. Right? Yeah. So that, Yes. If, Another place I'm going with this. I'm if, glad you said it. If, he, if, if this is being used in the term of die, and also means to... to I, think, I think the breath of life literally was taken out.
0: Yeah, yes. The, I, yes. I'm, I'm going to connect with you on that one. That's very true, but I want to go somewhere else first. Go for it. This give up the ghost, that particular phrase... Matthew twenty seven fifty, And I'm going to go to the King James Version here because the King James Version does this every time. Then, what, what is... You, you tell me where we are in history here. Then Yeshua cried again with a loud... Oh, I was, let me do the King James. I'm doing Hebraic roots. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. I'm going to start crying here. I'm sorry. Mark 15, 37. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. Luke 23, 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hand I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. John 19.30, King James Version. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. We can't prove it in a lot of cases. I know Matthew, has the the original Hebrew, has been found, but we can't prove it because we only have the Greek or the Aramaic versions. We haven't found the original Hebrew of most of the Gospels. But it's got to be this word, gava, that is used at that moment when Jesus gave his life. And and that's what I was getting at. Die is passive. It happens to you. Jesus didn't die. He gave. It's active. He did not move; He gavad. Now, I'm, I'm combining Hebrew and English uh, grammar here. Um Uh, But he breathed out. It was a willing, conscious decision. Jesus gave up the ghost. Jesus didn't have to die. Jesus was God Almighty, and he could have said, forget you people, you're not worth it, forget it. No, he died willingly. It was a gift. He gave up the ghost. That's what's going on here. And uh, now, I'm obviously getting way off of Genesis. I wanted you to see the value of that word gava, to breathe out. It is an action it is an action that we take. It is active. It is not just death happens to me, which is which is everywhere else. So what's it doing here in Genesis? What is it doing here in Genesis as well as a few other places in the Bible? And uh, very briefly, it's also used in Genesis 7.21, which we'll get into later. It's used twice in Numbers, three times in Job, Mm. twice in Psalms, and the last time is in Zechariah. Again, the very last usage in the Old Testament of this word, when when we translate die, it is gavah. And I'm going to have some thoughts about that, but I'm in Genesis, not in Zechariah. And we're just going to let that go. You uh, give That's a gift to you to think about and contemplate on your own. But first of all, I think it is, it goes back to what we talk about, that this moment in time is a direct prophetic message of Jesus' crucifixion. It is a direct prophetic connection. It is a picture, a rehearsal, an example of Jesus dying for us and the water of the word covering everything and cleansing everything and bringing us out a new life. But right here, I was wondering, why Gavah? Because we were placed inside the word of God. Covered in his blood, as we've talked about before, the pitch covering the ark. We were inside, protected by the blood. God sends the cleansing water to destroy the evil that seeks to destroy us. And what you were talking about before, God gave us the breath of life. He gave us, when he did that, and made us Him. He made us God. He made us connected to Him. We are sons of God. He gave us all the breath of life which gave us free will to choose our destiny. And we talked about this before and I'm so glad it came up with the whole conversation uh, that we had before. Those who perished Those who died, it wasn't Muth. It was not Muth. They were not mercilessly ended by a vicious God, sick to death of all of them, just wanting to end their lives. But rather, they breathed out. They rejected him. The breath of life went into all of us. The breath of God is in each one of us. We are His creation, made in His image. We have free will to breathe out. We have free will to give it back. We have the free will to say, forget you, God. And if I wanted to be vulgar at this time, because that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. We have free will to completely reject Him, and say, I don't want anything to do with you. And that's what these people did who died. They did not muth, they gavad. They chose to remain in their sin and breathe their last. Just as everyone who rejects Jesus. Now, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to skip ahead. I'm going to skip ahead. Uh, We're going to get out of Genesis. We're going to move all the way to Hebrews. Hebrews 9.28 says, which is interesting because it comes right after Hebrews that I mentioned earlier. And this this was just a coincidence. I mentioned Hebrews 9.27 earlier. And thus is appointed for sons of man to die one time and afterwards is the judgment. Well, now I'm going one verse later. Hebrews 9.28. This is our offering of our Messiah. This is the gift of our Messiah. But one time to atone for iniquities of the many. And he will enter a second time to appear without sin to those waiting for him to eternal salvation. This is the return of Jesus bringing us back. He's going, to come, he's going to appear a second time without sin to those waiting for him, but one time to atone for iniquities of the many. Jesus is never going to come back to die again for our sins. But what did we see? We're skipping ahead. Uh, we'll catch, we'll, we'll, re, we'll reiterate this when we get to this point in Genesis. But God, after Noah's Ark happens, the whole event happens, and Noah and his family comes out, God says, it's never going to happen again. We touched on this. The water, I will never again flood the earth with water. God makes that promise. The deluge of water happens only once. Why? Why? Because Yeshua doesn't have to die for our sins again. This was prophetic of Jesus giving his life for us and cleansing us from our sins. And if this event happened multiple times, that would be prophetic of Jesus having to come back more than once. Because the first time didn't complete it all. But God said, no, it will never happen again. Because there's no reason for Jesus to die a second time Wow. <laughs> felt like a good time to just <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wish we could just black out at that moment click <laughs> you just leave you know but uh don't actually do that when you edit
1: <laughs> they have this new thing where uh, they like they animate like crazy stuff coming on to you when you've done something really you know badass and, right. <laughs> and just play some weird sketchy music and whatnot I'll probably do that for you <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> no, that, no that no 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 that oh I've missed this yeah
0: me too um I just and you know another cool thing we mentioned that it took us like two months to get here uh again and I, this has happened to me before things have been delayed and i keep just pulling more and more and more out every time i re- re-review it and uh wow that just that just hit me when when i read that yeah. and i realized what was going on the importance of just little things like that gava versus Muth. you don't see it in the english it's just die die and and you move on um but that was so powerful to yeah, me.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm kind of in shock right now. <laughs> <laughs> I normally have something, something to say, and I usually do it for like five minutes. I was going
0: to say, no, you have I, nothing to I, say I, I, for five minutes.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> I really, I really don't. Right now I'm, I'm, contemplating that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, just another reason to just, you know, get down on those knees and thank him. He chose to do it, and I mean, we and see that we know this. We do know this. But, yeah, but when, yeah. when when you put the pieces together, when you actually see it in print, and it makes sense, and it just it helps you really cement that. Yes, of course he did. I mm-hmm. knew that,
0: and that's the thing too. And it should reinforce it um, when you dig in. If we were to dig in and and each the each little word we're looking at seems to go wait a second this doesn't say that at all it would make it it would shake our faith it would go are we really on the right path is is God that wishy washy the more you can go oh my goodness this is repeating it over and over and over in ways I never saw before it does help solidify your faith yeah. it does help make you go no I am on the right track I I I. Jesus did die for my sins. Every little thing uh, just helps you helps reinforce the truth. Sometimes that we already know. We right. know we know it, but it feels good to go. You know what? No, God is that perfect that it's everywhere, exactly the same way.
1: Well, and and when we when we when we see it, and, and you remember that, that 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 is God's word. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you're now right 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 in this moment. It feels like you were speaking the words, but it was Jesus Himself saying, "Brad, it's true." Yeah, there's another reason why. You know, I, mm-hmm. I it's just yeah. Oh.
0: And and like I said, I went back and re-reviewed um, my last few Genesis podcasts before coming to this, see if there was anything I'd forgotten since it had been a couple months. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that jumped out was the, point, the fact that we pointed out a few verses ago, ish was used again. Mm-hmm. And, this, and, and again, it's connecting back to this is happening, and it's talking about the crucifixion experience. It's prophetic towards the mighty man coming back. It's, you know, uh, that whole reference of this is Jesus at work here. Uh, Maybe go, oh my goodness, I was looking at this verse and totally forgot about that connection. Uh, and and it's all, yeah, just wow, I think I should stop talking. yeah, I...
1: yeah I, I... solid, so all right,
0: well, hey, um again, so sorry, it's been so long since we've done one of these. Um, so glad the ones that we did a few months ago are now finally up on the web. Uh, I hope you're enjoying them. I hope you enjoyed this. and as always. Um, I'm Scott,
1: I'm Brad, and this is not about us.